Hello again, I hope you're well. This is Shane and this is Heartlines now for episode 66. I'm going uh, forward, I'm going to be doing a few shows where I'll talk to folk with a series that I like to call Around the World in an Insta. Yeah, I like puns, me. My first guest is a very funny, talented cartoonist, illustrator, animator based in Los Angeles, California. And he goes by the name of Nate Fakes. Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. All good. So you live in California. Are you from California originally? I'm not from California, no. Um, I absolutely love it out here when I've never moved out of the state. Um, I'm originally from Ohio, so this is a huge, massive difference um, being out in the nice, warm weather compared to Ohio. That's, that's sorry, and if you're from Ohio, um, sorry. But yeah, it's cold, it's cloudy, and it's just, it's humid. So it's definitely a nice change of pace out here. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've always stuck with the Browns and Ohio State football. And yeah, the sports are great. And Ohio is a cool state. I'm not, I'm mm. not. You know, we go back there a lot for family and just for visits. It's got a lot of things and things there. Are just uh, weather-wise, yeah, you can't beat Southern California. So <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Now, my experience of being in California, like San Diego, I was there for a few months, and then LA. But as you said, like pre this, like before we hit record, and I was chatting to you. Uh, LA stretches far and wide now. It's it's not as what it used to be. It's it goes forever. You know, it's it's LA County and all sorts. You know, so it's not just a small place. It's a massive place. It go it goes a, a long way. You know. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking to you earlier. It's just it's funny. Like we're technically about fifty miles from downtown. Yeah. But we're considered LA. Um, mm. so of LA out here. <laughs> so. It's, it, it goes on forever. You know, people will dispute that um, as well. Like some people say, if you live in certain areas, oh, you're not, you can't say you're LA, but then you look at a map and from everyone else, like, yeah, that's LA. And then it's just, some people think you have to live downtown to be in LA. And it's just, uh, no, it's a massive sprawl all around here. Mm. Uh, now you're, you're an animator or illustrator. So how did you get into being like a, like a cartoonist or animator? You know, I think I was just fortunate. I always knew, I've always been a cartoonist. I'd say, I mean, just since I was a kid with a box of crayons, I was drawing. Mm. Um, yeah, just always, I've always been into it. So I feel really fortunate that I knew just at a really young age, I wanted to do cartooning. And um, yeah, my big break was actually, I, I drew the cover of the fifth grade uh, yearbook. There's a contest and I won, I think it was five or five bucks or something like that. And then, um so i was like well you can you, you can make money in this profession <laughs> i thought you could but i didn't know for sure um and yeah growing up i just um i grew up with newspaper comics so that was my big you know just getting my dad would get the newspaper and i'd copy everything i could out of it and reading a lot of garfield peanuts um just um the far side calvin Hobbes, all the classics and so yeah, I just, I, I grew up trying to, to draw them the best I could and trying to come up with my film funny ideas. And um, yeah, stemmed from that into college and college, I was working in the newspaper there as a cartoonist and um, yeah, it just never stops. You always, I think most cartoonists I know tend to, you kind of just, it's in your blood early on. You just, I've never, I don't think I've ever met anyone that just became a cartoonist way down the line, but had quite the variety of things I've done and it's, hasn't been an easy road all the time for sure uh, a lot of day jobs in between um and everything but uh yeah it's just uh it's great love it and you also uh you like also you know worked as an intern initially for mad magazine what was that like is that such a 
such a such a like a cultural iconic kind of um humor mag- magazine like starts off oh, yeah. i started off a comic book you know yeah no i should have mentioned that too as one of my early influences mad because it definitely was that was yeah. another thing that i learned early on um yeah that, no that was just a dream come true to um get that and that stemmed from doing the newspaper comics um in college mm. and so yeah i just took a bunch of and they were crappy comics i mean i'm not saying that <laughs> they were i've grown a lot since my college days i won't it's rare that i'll post any of those but they were you know kind of a lot of also what i'm, I'm doing now of some awful puns and just um yeah, off the wall ideas. I, you know, I was, I was like, oh, what the hell? So I um, yeah, put a batch together and sent it out to, to Matt. And at that time, I was actually just looking to maybe, you know, maybe getting a, having them pick up something or yeah, just never know, just a regular submission. I wasn't even trying for an intern or anything like that internship. Um, and then, yeah, I get a, get a phone call from one of the editors one day, I was coming back from college and it's like, hey, this is, um, Dave from Mad Magazine, we like your stuff and um, want to see if you want to come intern this summer. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> so yeah, I was bouncing off the walls. I loved it. And yeah, the internship itself, I mean, I could go on and on about it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just such a funny, um, they really, they it wasn't just getting coffee for the editors, you know, like I was in the mix of just the best and the, the brightest um, the funniest people, um, you can imagine the best artists out there. Um, and yeah, just, I got to work on the ideas for the magazines, helped with everything from cover design to, uh, articles. And, um, it was just great. It's just so funny being in like a real serious meeting about such funny topics. Cause they, you know, at the end of the day, they, everything's taken very seriously to come up with a great magazine, mm. and, but it's all just funny you know topical humorous material so um yeah it it was awesome i hated to leave i hated to leave when that internship ended ended i uh actually went um and served pizza as a waiter like right away i was like oh no just to make ends meet out there but yeah it was such a transition to from that to that because i just yeah my goal is to stay there i didn't want to go back to school um i just want to stay at mad so but no, long story short, I ended up back at uh, school after that. And that yeah, was great. Definitely a good experience. And yeah, from that too, I, I, um, I've been published in MAD and have had comics and have written a few articles and everything. So and still stay, stay in touch too with uh, the guys. Yeah. A few of them, not everybody. But ended up happening with MAD. They, they moved out to Burbank, California in um, 2017, 2018. I think actually, I think it was 2018. Um, and yeah, the old staff never came, moved out here. So it was really starting fresh and, um, yeah, mad now, uh, it's just, it's mostly reruns. It's just kind of, it's sad actually. It's just magazine, you know, magazines in general are not thriving like they used to, to, to put it mildly. Yeah. It's just not what it used to be, but it was a machine. Like, yeah. And I think the New York office was just, um, at that time, just a lot of he, he, pretty good amount of staff and just a huge office different rooms in it a lot going on you know it was busy busy time and yeah it's not that anymore i think there's two people on staff something like that just to get um yeah old issues compiled and uh a magazine put out but it's just not not like mad used to be but boy in its heyday and growing up it was just it was it (laughs) was it just was it just the grind because new york like you know in movies new york's depicted as like a grind you know it's a 
busy city, whereas LA is not. You know, like California is more perceived as more laid back kind of lifestyle. If you're talking about like coastal regions stuff like that, so was it like a grind? Like, were people like always on the go, like in Mad? From your experience, were they always kind of working hard, and it was always like we need a deadline, hit a deadline, this, this, this. So it was like highly kind of stressful environment. From what your your experience was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it. It was, you know, Mad was actually pretty laid back. I mean, New York City, yeah, in mm. general. So it's, it's a crazy city, you know. Yeah. It's it never it never sleeps, as I say. It's yeah, just yeah. constant traffic and people and uh, interesting things going on on a regular basis. But yeah, no, Mad is, when I was there, it was pretty laid back. I mean, we had deadlines and we had things to do, but it was never, you know, cracking mm. the whip. Hey, we got to get this done now. And, <laughs> you know, um, no one was you know, an asshole about anything, get, you know, on my back to get, th- you know, so it's really just, how do you describe it, but a great place to work. I mean, <laughs> we had a, had a duty to get things done on time and, um, but no, everything was came, came together, felt just naturally with everyone there. I mean, Matt was a big family. I mean, just everyone got along and just uh, everyone's parts got done. And I know when I left though, at one point, um, this is after my time interning, but Mad was cranking out. It's called Mad Kids, and some of their super super specials and other like a ton of different things at once. And I know at one point I heard it was pretty stressful for them because they had just a handful of people handling all these publications mm. at one time. So it may have changed a bit, um, but you know I know they're yeah. It was just such a great group of people. I mean, it, it was hard to. I don't think even with that it would have been horrible stress or you know create something that you you would dread doing <laughs> at any means because you were saying like the magazine you know people are more inclined to maybe go online so that's what you were saying before we came on you were talking about like a lot of your work is digital so so when you moved on from mad magazine then you started to kind of grow as an animator illustrator like how did you like wh- where was your next big port of call um or were you just kind of always kind of working for different you know publications online and stuff like that yeah it's always been real i've had this roller coaster of of um things <laughs> after mad it was really um well like i mentioned i ended up getting some comics and writing for mad after the internship so that was yeah. huge for me just to actually be um because it during my internship i really didn't i had some you know i pitched some ideas and things but i never really got anything published just that mm. was just mine like I had pieces of things I helped with and stuff like that. And so I'd show people like, Hey, I helped with that, um, you know, this article, but my name's not on it, but that was part, I did that little line right there. <laughs> but when you actually get published though, and have a byline of your name, that's when I was like, yes, I got it. So that was exciting. Um, you know, I was after, I was still after uh, syndication whole life. I wanted to be a syndicated cartoonist, even though newspapers, again, just, they're not thriving like magazines. Mm. Um, but still, it's just there are syndicated cartoonists out there, and I love that idea. And so, um, my feature break of day, which you see a lot of on Instagram, the single panel uh, gag cartoon with extremely awful puns, like the worst of the worst, um, just off the wall crap I can think of, um, was picked up by Go Comics in 2011. So that became syndicated online back then. And then I also self syndicated that feature in newspapers. Um, I still do, it's uh, in newspapers and online. and so yeah, I've been doing that now over over a decade. No, um, but like you said, the puns and all, but like uh, it's a lot more than just a pun. I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes into like like what what's your process like for when you're creating a comic? Is there is it just like you know picking up on things that will 
work well as a pawn or is you, do you have a, a kind of sequence of things you try to stick with like like a theme yeah i have a few things going on i the biggest thing to really narrow down a awful it's <laughs> just I, I i have a writing routine every morning i, I write and yeah. um some days there's nothing there's nothing in fact i can go on for a week there's just nothing that yeah. comes out and i just it's just on a piece of notebook paper i just buy a cheap notebook and i sit there with a blank stare and a blank piece of paper and i think huh. um i try to um I try to come up with ideas that just are relatable in any way. Um, a lot of times I try not to be too topical with current events just because I like, I like the comics to have a, you know, be able to be looked at down the road and be, you know, funny, um, yeah. relatable. And I have had some timely comics, um, especially with COVID. I had a few um, that I put out, but yeah, no, I just, uh, I think of, I think of my own life and what I go through on things and, and just, and then I'll take a, inanimate object and put it in that a situation that you know like a popular one is that grandma telephone i have an old telephone and yeah. some telephones come running in saying grandma um <laughs> you know this with technology and that's always a big one and i um in fear of being called a boomer i try to stay away from you know cell phones all of technologies ruining mm. things that you know just because it's just the way it's going and it's fine um so yeah no just anything relatable is the biggest thing and i love animals and cats and dogs and I, a lot of people um can relate to those with pets and i i just i enjoy making them too so i come up with uh, anything i can think of that where i think a uh, animal may be thinking a certain way um yeah. doing something you know like a squirrel <laughs> or a penguin or and some i can't explain how i <laughs> some of the nonsense comes out of me but that's really kind of it there's no there's no formula. Um, I do read a lot. I read a ton of, I read a ton of comics and um, especially gag, gag comics and Gary Larson, you know, the far side. I've always, again, grew up reading that. And um, cause yeah, at the end of the day, you don't want to, it makes it a little challenging too. Cause you don't, you don't, my goal also is never try to copy or do, I wouldn't copy or take someone's idea, but with gag cartooning, it's tough. It's just because sometimes it does happen. It'll come up, like I'll come up with something and I'll see it down the line somewhere else. Or someone will point out to me, like I did one with uh, Worms going to the uh, Bates Motel and uh, come to find out that was a Gary Larson cartoon as well. Wow. Like, oh no. <laughs> I saw, I, when I came up with it, I thought I came up with that. I thought it was a great one. And then, yeah, so that happens on occasion. And I, so, but point being, I try to come up with fresh ideas of, start done and yeah i think the routine is probably the biggest thing i can i can recommend that's my only formulatic formulatic thing i have is uh just a routine and in, in reading and just observing uh as well it's yeah. mostly observations from my own life and i find typically if i go through something someone else out there is too you know yeah you make it. you're making it relatable as well for sure absolutely i have to be relatable i guess because you you got lots of followers on instagram and they are buying into you as a person as well so you must have you say okay you have themes or whatever but you must have um come up with a personality for i feel like any good uh cartoonist or illustrator or animator there's a personality there like i had a few guys on i had i had a guy called dave mcclefatrick from sunlight and happiness on there last year and i okay. asked him about him and 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 the, the team he has around with him um there's three of them there's three guys who are the main guys and then there's a couple of other about 20 people i think in the staff or, or whatnot 
and I asked him, so what, how, how do you come up with these ideas? Well, we just, we just trash it out. We just kind of just sit in a room. We just, come, we just know what doesn't work. We know it works. And I feel that's like what you, I feel as a, it's not a theme, but there's a, there's a certain per, per personality that your, your work has that people go, yeah. Like I love the one with the alien going, the aliens looking at, um, was it people looking at the alien screen or the screen looking, aliens looking at the screen and going, oh, look, they're, what, they're, look, we can't have a vacation or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, is that's a kind of a little jokey thing because, you know, it's all very, you know, people talk about aliens a lot, but you put the aliens in, in the, in the, 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 the seat of power, you know, because they're going, that, we're, they're watching our vacation sort of thing, you know, sort of thing. What was it? What was that? Was that the idea behind it? The, the aliens one? I forget what it looked Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That, that was, um, yeah, I remember that. It's a while ago. But yeah, yeah it was, um, yes, yeah, so they were they were watching them on vacation. That's it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I. I guess there is. I mean, it's just they're part of me. You know, it's just. Mm. just um, I guess that is the personality that does come come out of it. And yeah, you know, I have to. I think with anything, you have to enjoy what you're, what you're doing, and I. I hope that that's reflected in a lot of the work as well. Just I. I enjoy creating these. Uh, for some reason, these guy comics and. Uh, yeah, they are are what they are. Yeah, it's just uh, and the style too. It's that's hard to explain. But with the drawing too, I'd really try to put the personality and expressions and all that in there, which is a big part of a comic, obviously. Yeah. I always do say though, like I, I and I believe this. I think seventy about seventy percent of a co- good comic is the writing, and then thirty percent is the drawing. Um, you can really um, we were talking stick figures earlier. I mean, you can still you can have a nice comic with stick figures. They're out there, you know. Yeah. So, absolutely yeah. Cool, actually <laughs> that yeah. are funny. gotten into it it's something you're you have that artistic kind of nose that you just go oh yeah i'm good at drawing so i'm going to pursue it and of course the road is not paved with gold you know it's as you said just part-time jobs and you know you learn what works what doesn't work and i'm always i'm always curious about like how you get published like is there like a certain way you have to present your work like, how do you protect your work from being copied? Do you have to copyright it or whatever? How does that work with regards to like sending your work into publications to get published? Yeah, I mean, well, with copywriting, really, any, there's so many different, and, and people will tell you different things on that. Um, hmm. You know, it's the, it's, if I understand this correctly, and I'm no lawyer or um, I'm not an expert um, in a lot of ways with copyright. Yeah. I just know when you create something, it's, it's, it's yours. It really yeah. is. You publish it um, however you want. So you put it on, you know, social media and things like that. And um, you know, it's going to happen. It's happened to me. I don't, I can't even count how many times <laughs> daily, probably mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody takes a comic and they strip it of my name or put a different caption on it. And that's, so if you want to be on social media and things like that, it, that will happen um, in terms of like, you know, publishing, I've never heard of a corrupt publisher like taking your work and just you know um, not giving you credit for it or anything like that. Um, so I wouldn't worry about it like copywriting material that you're sending in and submitting. Um, that's a different story. That's going to be for the most part safe. I don't I wouldn't worry about it, especially if syndicates or you know a good publisher. Uh. Now the key to it and a good it's kind of a broad question like just depending where you want to start. Like example syndication. We'll just go that route. Okay. Um, really I, the main thing just follow the rules follow the rules don't try to put bells and whistles on your stuff like so if you're sending in you know it says they want 24 examples of your comics um you know they just want a cover letter about who you are um 
and uh, they want your name on each page. Let's say that that sounds like maybe a typical uh, syndication submission. You know, don't don't put little designs on each page and make them, um, or don't send them fifty uh, comics. Send them what they're asking for. Yeah. Um, and if you get rejected, don't send the same batch in again a few weeks later to them. They're not going <laughs> to pick it up the second time around. Um, so my first word, you know, advice with anything um, with publishing too. I mean, just, yeah, follow the directions. That's really, that's, that's kind of the main thing. Cause the second you don't, you'll be, they won't even look at yeah. it, you know, um, beyond that. Um, I always encourage people, if you can try to get feedback about your submissions as well. It, it never hurts to ask. You may get, no one's going to hate you for asking. No editor is like, you know, they may, they may be uncool about it and not get back to you. That's fine. At least you tried, you know, try it. Um, if you can get somehow just any kind of feedback on what didn't work with it or um, what did, I was lucky to get that uh, with Break of Day. I had an awesome editor, um, Andrews McNeil, McNeil Syndicate, that um, she offered just some insight on what I was working on. And um, she thought she thought the direction was um, could, get, could get there, basically, and what to focus on, what was wrong, what was good. And she helped critique a lot of the work. And eventually, yeah, I got picked up um, on Go Comics from that. Mm. So um, it never hurts. Just don't let it go. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, this the submission process. If you want to get into just actual cartooning itself, um, what really helped me again. You know, I was talking about my college comics that really sucked. They did. <laughs> they, were not, <laughs> they weren't good. I used a sharpie, and the, the images just were really out of whack, and the the gags were over. You know, not the best. Um, if you can get some honest criticism about from a professional that's that's an, uh, that can be just a great attribute to your work and don't get upset and offended when they say it sucks or it's horrible or it looks it looks bad there again i was really fortunate to get um some really great feedback as i grew um from a professional that i knew and i won't name his name but um he this was in ohio and yeah he just ripped my uh comics to shred yeah i mean he would just uh, tear it apart and a lot of people would say that's awful like how could you even you know but he had such great points about it and he was making it you know he was a full-time cartoonist this is yeah. what i was trying to do i'm sitting here waiting tables and working odd jobs it's like i want to get to that level and if you so if you can get great feedback that's amazing and as i say this i'm not a great person to come to for that <laughs> I offer feedback. I've, I've taught cartooning courses um, on things and I'll offer feedback any day. I'm just not great at the brutal, ugly, uh, I shouldn't say it ugly, just the brutal feedback is what is really can. Because uh, I was wondering about like, you know, you're, you're a member of the National Cartoonist Society. I wonder, do cartoonists complain in cartoon form? <laughs> you know, if there's a complaint, they go, okay, I've got a complaint. There you go. Do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can. I mean, you know, um, yeah, that, that society too. Um, another tip. Yeah. If you can get things published and become a member of the national cartoonist society, cause it's great to, there you have just all the, all the, all the pros, um, chatting and it's just great to make friends with these guys that are in the same profession. And yeah, we all bitch and complain about some things and there's no here again there's no formula really for cartooning and just a lot of art you know it's just you you do it you do it and things change you know growing up again newspaper comics were like the major Mm. thing for every cartoonist but now it's you know 
it's not the best, you know, now there's um, a lot of other areas. Um, you know, animation is huge now, for example, uh, all these streaming services. And then on top of that, you know, video games, you can be an animator for a video game. You know, I mean, there's this world of opportunity. It has expanded a lot for cartoonists and anyone in the arts, but just, yeah, it's so different now. So there's no, anyhow, hearing people's stories and everything, the National Cartoonist Society is great. We had a Zoom meeting last week, actually. It was fun to um, chat. And yeah, we're, there's a, um, we call it the Rubens Awards. It's coming up uh, in September in Kansas City this year. And it's like the Oscars for cartoonists. We have different categories, you know, and then there's a cartoonist of the year and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of drinking too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of beer and uh, shots flowing through that night and karaoke as well and stuff like that. But uh, that whole weekend's a lot of fun. Watch a jam, watch a jam and karaoke. Watch a song. Oh man. I will. Yeah, I, I'm no person. I can't, uh, I, you know, karaoke, I got to be in that real fine tuned element of just uh, not too many beers, but enough to um, feel good enough to go up on stage. And yeah, really, I mean, Johnny Cash is the one I can pull off sometimes. <laughs> uh, try to think that's really it's been a while and i i was i didn't karaoke at the last um rubens I, 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 I yeah not in front of everyone in that room i'm like yeah i just wasn't i, I could def, i would have definitely made a fool of myself i feel if i was a, <laughs> up there at that time again there has to be a fine line and i i, I gotta know when I'm, I'm i'm there and i i wasn't there at that point but uh yeah it's fun though it's it can be a I'd do it. Um, yeah. When the element, when the time is right. Uh, <laughs> I know karaoke can be, it can be quite tricky because, you know, it is about just getting up there and singing, but if you're tone deaf, then it can be an experience for the rest of the room. They're like, okay, this guy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like Sonny and Cher, I don't know. Just be, 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 be a group. You don't have to be on your own. Like, you know, don't be a, a, an easy target. Just be two people. And there you go. That's what I do it. Yeah. Come to find out though, there's a lot of cartoonists that can sing very well. Um, so it's like, damn, you guys can draw and sing uh, much better than me. So I'm going to just sit this one out, um, <laughs> but totally. Yep. Karaoke is fun. Just sometimes you yeah, have chose the wrong song a few times too. You, you, you hear it in your head. Like, yeah, I think I can nail that. I really think that's going to be good. You go up there like, Oh crap. There's a high part here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, Oh no. Oh. <laughs> one of the worst songs I say to sing is you know, Africa Toto. You know song? Oh, yeah. It's the hardest. You're, 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 you're trying to get the high note and you're at the low note because it's like right up there. So never go to go to sing that song. Sing a simple song like a standby me or something, you know, something, something more you know, easy to hit. Now, speaking of voice, like when did you when did you know you found your voice as, as a, like an animator or, or like illustrator? Like when did you know like you, you know, it's uh, people are starting to recognize what I'm doing and, and, and I'm starting to hit, 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 hit the right notes with my audience. I think that was really, um, yeah, around the time um, Break the Day was launched on Go Comics. It was really when I felt good about the direction it was going. And uh. um, yeah, it's funny, right before that happened too, I was just learning um, Photoshop even to, to learning how to color um, mm. really and all that. And that's really, yeah, I feel like I really hit my stride at that time. Um, before that though, like I mentioned, like really, most of my twenties, even it was just, my comics weren't there. It was here again. It was like one of these things where, um, 
I always drew, like I mentioned, um, growing up, I just drew, drew, drew. And so I was, I was good, you know, mm. compared to the other third graders <laughs> or in high school too, you know, like I was good, but I just, again, it didn't hit me till I started getting honest feedback and things like that, that, yeah, you're okay, but you're, you're not that professional level yeah. at all. You know, like you just, cause you don't, you hear from your family and friends like, oh man, that's amazing. That's awesome. Like, you, you do such good comics and then you get out to the real world though. And it's like, no, <laughs> you're not. and even now, I mean, my gosh, I just, every day you see, and it happens like with any profession anywhere, you're going to see someone that's much better than you in all kinds of ways, writing or drawing or, so you just, you're constantly growing, but yeah, it was just, you know, I think when break of day was launched, that really, for me too, just internally uh, felt like that was, it was a big moment. I know it was just syndicated online which isn't as big as, you know, launching in hundreds of newspapers or anything like that. But it was a big deal to me um, just because I felt like, yeah, I've kind of, I've hit my professional stride. And um, around that time too, I started getting some comics published in Mad. And that was a huge one too for me. I'm just like, I just felt once I made, I got one little comic published in Mad Magazine, like, oh my, like I made it. That's like, you know, if being, if you're an actor and starring in a major motion picture, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. To me, that was just uh that I felt like a professional at that time and that's what felt changed my attitude a lot and from that point too yeah just kept you know growing and growing and doing more things and um yeah so kind of the way it works and you know again just this day there's always more you want to do um mm. talking you know, like talk about animation like I'd love to really there's a lot of love to to really um if I had the time to learn a lot about more about that and just um yeah, a ton of things, but uh, you know, we got so many hours in a day. So, <laughs> speaking of things, what is what what is one project or job you've done so far in your career that you thought, wow, I never thought I'd be able to do this or get this opportunity to work for this company or apart from Mad Magazine and break a day? Yeah, a few things going on. Um, that I've well, okay, so something I've never thought I'd be doing. Um, I moved out to LA because I had a job offer out here to yeah. um, do the animations for Red Bull, uh, Red nice. Bull uh, commercials, you know, yeah. Red Bull wings. Um, not that you know, when I say animations, um, the storyboards and to write them, not the actual animations. Let me clarify that. Okay. Um, the animations are actually done in Germany. Um, so our job in LA was to come up with uh, storyboards. And so I uh, was technically, it was funny. It was interesting. Um, it was, part cartooning, part storyboard, then writing. Um, and yeah, so I never, I never in my life thought I'd be doing that, but that was an awesome experience. Cause that's how, that's what got me out here was uh, doing that. Yeah. Um, Red Bull uh, cartoons. Um, so yeah, never thought I'd do that. And then what's going on now, which I'm extremely proud of and anxious about. And I know we can talk about this later if you want as well, but yeah. um, my book that's coming out, um, I was able to get a literary agent, um, years ago and then yeah just uh it's been years in the making and it's coming out on uh, this october it's a graphic memoir um about 230 pages and that was just uh i always and it's the direction i'm going to um i love i find just i love writing um and i i never thought i'd be doing long form graphic novels and graphic memoirs things like that and it's just it's awesome it's been a fun amazing experience a ton of work i've worked 12 hour days just putting it all together and 
you know, talk about deadlines too. It's just the deadline. It, it was real of anxiety just of, I'm one of those types that I love to get things done early and ensure that it's done. Mm. So I always think like, my gosh, what if I broke my hand or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just really like on this tight deadline for about a last year, really. Um, I locked myself in my studio for the most part and didn't go out hardly at all and just near, you know, punched it out, but I'm very excited about it and proud of it. Um, so that's something that um, thinking back again to just, I just wanted to be originally a newspaper syndicated cartoonist. And now I've done, yeah, storyboarding. I've done graphic memoir. I've done actually a lot of advertising beyond Red Bull, um, greeting cards and a, a lot of different things. Do you, yeah. did you create that deadline for yourself to, to get the product, the project over the line, or did you have the like uh, deadline from the publishers? The publisher set one for this. Um, um, and yeah, it was fairly, I'd like to say fairly tight, but it was about a year, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but it was for everything I was putting in it and everything um, that, and that was from the process was this, I'm trying to think back because we had, there's a lot of different deadlines for it. You know, there's a script and we had revisions for the script and I had the roughs, then I had the final, um, the big part, chunk of it was the final art. Um, and then coming from that was um, revisions after that too. But the big chunk was, yeah, that final art um, was about nine month. Um, uh, yeah, of just uh, working, 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 getting it done. Because each page just took hours and hours and hours to get done. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd see things that want to change eventually or see a mistake or whatever. And it's just, yeah, it's grueling, but it's just so awesome. And I just can't wait to, I've got some other books coming up um in mind and yeah I, i'm excited about those as well also a good thing a good reason and a good uh, reason to want to finish a project early is because if you make mistakes in a draft or whatever you you can it can you can change them where if you just wait till the last minute and it goes to publishing you're gonna be looking at it and go oh, i could have changed that 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 so you probably think you could work on a bit more you know that was part of it too yeah because i just envision like oh man what if i submit this whole thing and they hate it uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay and it's like what if they want me to redo every page of uh. everything or you know and yeah everything goes through your mind so you don't know until it's actually done and you you know if you're like i think most people working on a book or a graphic novel or anything that you do the best you can and at the end of the day you just you know hope it's uh hope it is what it is and yeah it turned out great you know we had a few revisions we made after it was all done but nothing um it, it was all spaced out after that and um so yeah, it's, it's, as of two weeks ago, it was final, final, final done. Finally, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going off to the printers actually in five days, I think. And then, um, yeah, it won't be on shelves until October 11th. So what's the publisher? Like, is it a, a U.S. publisher? Will it travel? Or, or yeah. The US uh, only? I suppose I should mention the, the title and everything about it. Too. Okay, it's called Fade of Light. Um, and it's real quick. It's about, it's a 100% true story. Um, my stepdad has a rare form of dementia. And um, so, I, and I grew up with him um, starting mm -hmm. in high school and he just, he, he acted like Jim Carrey, the actor. He was just really outgoing, crazy, funny, yeah. um, out there, very ambitious person. And just, unfortunately, this um, dementia just takes a toll on a person mentally. He just now, you know, at the point now he can't even talk. Um, 
So the story just goes from the past to the present, um, back and forth and um, mixed in there too is my cartooning career. In fact, I mentioned like the mad internship, um, just the work, you know, coming out to LA and all that and how he helped with a lot of that as well. Just getting me lined up with uh, everything from supplies when I was in high school. And he bailed me out a few times from the principal's office. I used to get in trouble at school for drawing students and teachers um, in a, not the best light <laughs> and uh and he would he would have my back for it in the principal's office mm. and uh and say he's hey he's working on his cartooning career give him a break <laughs> um so yeah it's a real it's a real deeply moving story it has some humor you know it's not just all doom and gloomy either there's humorous elements mixed in and um yeah so that's it's called again a fate of light and it's coming out october 11th uh anywhere um at any book, bookstore um, and yeah, the publishers, uh, West Margin Press, they're based actually in California in Berkeley. All right. Yeah, okay awesome, it, yeah. awesome, awesome team there. And they're really, um, there's some really other great graphic novels coming out of that, uh, publisher. They're, they're just now getting into graphic novels as of the past, probably, I guess, a year, two years and really, um, starting up their game there. Some great artists and, uh, other books coming out from them too. So check them out, uh, West Margin Press. And like, is this the, are you going to get in, into more graphic novels or is this a one, a one and done sort of situation? Yeah. I mean, oh, for sure. This, well, yeah. Fate of Light is definitely a, just, this is it. Um, mm. No, nothing to add to that yeah. um, at all. But yeah, because of this too, I, I find, I love writing about, um, yeah, things that have happened. Just nonfiction is yeah. really, incredible. and I have some fiction too um, in, in mind, but I have a whole list of books. Um I'm trying to figure out, I, I, I've been doing outlines on a few of them and I know I'm 99% sure of the next one that's coming out next. And so yeah, I'm anxious to uh, get moving on this one. I need a break though, from a fate of light, uh, just to recoup a little bit and, uh, but I'm starting it and yeah, I'm, I'm working on a book tour and everything coming up, uh, and doing some talks and presentations and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be busy coming up this fall, but I can't wait to get out there. And um, yeah, it's weird to me too, because I, I don't want to focus on a new book quite yet, but there's yeah. such a, again, I worked over two years on this. Yeah, yeah. I don't like, I don't know how a lot of authors do it with that delay, you know, because it takes a while, <laughs> mm. you know, so I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be working on a new, new books um, along with, yeah, uh, um, a book tour um, and talking, doing talks again. And uh, um yeah, just I'm look, looking forward to it. The next book too is going to be a lot, a lot more light than the Fatal Light. Mm, uh, in yeah, terms yeah. Of you know, this one's pretty deep. Again, I'm really proud of it. Um, Brian Fees, he's a he's an award winning cartoonist. He reviewed it and gave it a nice blurb uh, as well. He won an Eisner Award. So just having oh, yeah. him uh, look at it, there again, I was like, gosh, what if, what if he hates it? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, no, so he, his name, he's actually on the cover as well um, with his blurb. So I'm excited about it. Uh, that, that's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll look out for that. I guess you said it's going to travel. So it's not going to just from the US. That's great. So I'll look out for that um, when it comes. Now, I want to pause a little bit because I know, like, you talk, you're talking about your work and all that. That's important. But you, like, any hobbies you have? I know you're into game shows. Talk about your game show and, oh, yeah. no, totally, and, and your experience of game shows. Man, I will talk game shows anytime. Uh, yeah, I've always had a passion for game shows. Uh, there again, growing up, I just used uh, to watch them and always wonder, like, how the hell do you get on these things? And uh, yeah. so, you know, when I, 
came out to LA, it's like, this is the Mecca of game shows out here. Everything's around, you know? Um, and so, yeah, um, just talking with a friend, um, it's like, yeah, how do you get on this? Um, and it's just, just Google it, you know, let's find mm-hmm. out. And that's all I did. Um, so yeah, I started off, um, I don't know how much you want me to get into this, but game shows are just, uh, here, let me back up. Just basically, yeah. So you Google how to get on, you know, I, so Wheel of Fortune was right by me. It's like five miles down the road. Okay. My apartment. Um, and that was what I grew up with watching. And I thought, man, that would just be so much fun to get on. So yeah, uh, I just looked online and you send in just like a minute long audition tape. And um, here again, follow the rules. This is my advice for going on a game show. Just like whatever they say, do. Um, mm-hmm. So they said, just a quick video, who you are, what you do. I did that. I sent it in and I got an email few weeks later and they were having a live audition then yeah, yeah. Um, down the road i was like hell yeah so i'm gonna go to that and i did and so like a room of 120 people and i'm looking around like oh gosh it's like a lot of big personalities and you know i'm just kind of who i am i don't know you know i was just like man i don't know if i stand a chance here um but there again um uh, it was just so interesting putting in a room they do like a mock show um and so again, it's like, follow the rules. It's a talk loudly, speak clearly, um, don't add anything to it. And so this room, you know, he had 120 people and some of them, there's a lot of actors there for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people were trying to crack jokes when they were calling out letters and things like that. And eventually a lot of people got the ax and this room dwindled down to like 24 people. And then um, since I lived right there, um, they actually announced, I was chosen like, hey, can you be a standby in a couple of days uh, on the show? Just two days. Um, Will Fortune, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was kind of lucky. I got to, I went to Wheel of Fortune. Um, they taped, uh, it was five shows or six, five, I think, I believe five shows in a single day. And if one of the contestants backed out on that day, I'd be in on the show. Um, that didn't happen, but I got to sit there for five shows and you know, learn all about it. Um, so from that point too, I was playing the app. And so when they call you for this too, by the way, you're going to be, they say, if you don't make on the show, you will be on a show down the road. Okay. So, um, I knew I'd be on eventually. So I kept playing the wheel of fortune app. I was watching it on TV, just absorbing everything I could. And then, yeah, I got on the show, um, a few months later and, uh, it was just so much fun. It's just, I tell everyone, it's just like, it's fun. Like just have a good time. And like, that's what I did. And I was just, um, yeah, I was focused on it. Um, it's, I wasn't nervous at all. It was just like being in a room playing with your friends, you know, um, just having a good time. That's all I wanted to do. And mm. I did I had fun. And yeah. And I don't, I, I don't think you can find that wheel of fortune tape anywhere. I looked on YouTube, but the other day right. I, I won, I made it to the end. Um, the bonus round though. Um, I so wish I could have a do over on that um yeah I, I guess i can give out spoilers if you don't want to hear it you can get they're not re- this was years ago so it's not going to be aired anytime soon say it, say it, and we'll see it. all right if I'm, <laughs> on, yeah go on if it's on youtube we'll see it i don't think yeah yeah it's just it, so i wish i had uh, so i made it to the bonus round which is the end of you make it past the initial game yeah, uh, yeah. And i won a trip to the bahamas during that oh nice and then so yeah, I became the, I won the most, I made the bonus round. And then at that point you have 10 seconds to solve a puzzle and you, you call out some, some other letters to fill the board. Yeah. And I had almost everything filled up and I had the word, it said a cool and then O Y and then shop um, was the last word. And I kept 
staring. And so, you know, just everything's quick and instant. And Pat Sajak's there. It's like, bam, bam. He's the host, if you don't know. But uh, he's just like, all right, you ready? And, you know, I'm still kind of coming off the high of winning the whole thing, kind of, until <laughs> then making the bonus round. Um, so anyway, it just goes so quick. It goes so quick. And I had 10 seconds. And I, just, I was staring at the board. I just could not figure the thing out. And um, then right when the buzzer hit, it's like it hit. And the answer was a cool hobby shop. Ah. I was like, ah, oh, man. I wouldn't have got that order. No way. I, like, like, what, what did they give you? Like a little, um, like, a, did they say it, it is related to this or no? Yeah, it was uh, place was the category. But like, ah, uh, that's cool that's a, that's not that was a hard one. That was a hard one. Like you're taking never, maybe like, it's that adjective. Like I've never yeah. been to cool hobby shops. So I was, I think I, I said um, a cool homie shop. I was trying to read it, and um, which there's no cool homie shop or homely. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but hobby shop just never hit me as a cool place to go to. But okay, yeah. so that was the answer. So. Yeah, I, I missed out on $45,000 uh, not getting that. But no, man, it was just such a fun time. It was, everyone was great. Um, you know, and it was just, it was, it was fun. Um, and yeah, and again, I don't know how much you want me going on this, but I was like, I got to go on another game show. It was just a blast. So uh, two years after that, during COVID, I uh, auditioned for The Price is Right. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so with COVID, normally the, they have a studio audience. You'd show up to the show of, a, yes. of 300 people. Um, and then you have Drew Carey as the host. Yeah. But with COVID, they were actually doing online auditions. And then you could go down to the studio if you made you know made the cut. And so I did an online audition for that. And that was really weird because you to, to get on a game show, too, you got to be excited. You got to be hyped up about it. And so, like, I had to act. I had to yell and scream and act extremely excited in my living room yeah. <laughs> about being on the show they're like why do you want to be on the the price is right and i had to scream like oh my god i won't scream here on podcast for it to save you, your listeners some their ears but I mean, yeah. um but yeah so no uh, there again so yeah i uh, ended up making it um down to uh cbs studio and um i drew a I should go grab it that's a uh, drew carey uh I seen Perfect. it. Yeah, I, I seen it. it. I seen it. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's cool. cool. It's cool. I love it. I drew, drew. I love it. I love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, and I won. Uh, I I missed a lot of bids on there. I was like halfway through, and then I was the last chance to bid. It's like this is it. I almost didn't make it on, uh, but I bid. Uh, I got the closest bid on the uh, scooter, and so then I got on stage and I played a game to win a weight set and a uh, steam shower. And I won it. That's that's it. That's amazing. <laughs> so, that's that crazy. was a blast. And Drew, the I don't know if you if you watched the show. Um, Drew Carey actually mentions Break of Day on there. He knew my comic, and that was that that, that was probably one of the best things. Um, he actually says it on the air. It's like you guys should check out Break of Day. It's uh, it's it, it's good. Yeah, that's so, great. That's yeah. When he knew when he um because he chatted with us before you know between breaks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, um, he's a big Cleveland, he's from Cleveland, mm. um, well in Ohio. And so we chat about that and uh, he's, he's like, oh, you're a cartoonist. I mentioned what I did. And he's like, yeah, I know that. And he actually went in the back and looked up, went on go comics. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're okay. So that was, 
if I didn't win anything, that would have been, I mean, that was still like a, just a nice, uh, to know that he was reading, uh, break of day. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. And I know I love game shows, but I never, I've, I've never, I've never applied to be on one. I always like share it with the screen. Like if it's, if there's like a quiz, like, like whatever shows on, like it might be the chase is quite popular over here. Um, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, is it popular in the U S I've heard, I, I, I've heard of it. Um, it's funny. I, I don't think seen it though i yeah. know it's, i think it's heard but i don't i don't it's i guess i'd say it's not popular yeah so those games where it's like you know against the, I mean, like quiz master and you're, and you're trying to rattle off questions answers quickly before they do so you feel like you know but when you're actually in the studio i'd say the pressure hits you like jesus because you, you're, you're not as uh you have to be dialed in like consistently because otherwise someone else will beat you to the buzzer you know yeah that's and that's where I, yeah, I just think, you know, if you, if you just go in with the attitude of like, have fun, do the best you can. Yeah. Really, yeah. You just, yeah, you can't be, you know, and, and practice as so you can practice any of these games. Yeah. So, I tell everyone to try. I mean, all my friends out here, I'm like, go try, man. I mean, why not? You have, you could win a hundred thousand dollars on a show uh, and have fun. It's a win-win and it, it, they're right down the road. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got a hundred thousand dollars or a toaster. Yeah, look, it's still a win is a win, you know. Hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> experience. That's what it's all about. You just have a good time, and if you don't win anything, have a deal. You got a show. Have exactly. Fun. You got. It looks great experience. Now I'm gonna wrap it up very shortly because I've learned about your your career, your life, and and what's coming up in the pipeline. But like, I also know you're you like a donut. Now, what's your favorite donut flavor here? That's a, that's a, real, that's a real burning question. What's your favorite donut? Oh man. Uh, ah. see yeah, yeah i like them all i like almost all of them um donut uh man boston creams are really good yes um it's probably one of my favorites uh anything chocolate cream on it glaze yeah no they're all <laughs> yeah I, that's a tough that's probably the toughest question i've been asked because <laughs> i like them all yeah, I'm a definitely donut donut enthusiast though, and that's what's another great thing about out here. There's so many great donut shops, and I, yeah, every Sunday especially I would stock up. But yeah, no, any any cream cream donut, um, glaze, chocolate, yeah, you name it, all good stuff. I could eat those all day. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, what what's your, what's your what's your drink of choice? Like, would you have a tea, coffee, or just straight up? Oh yeah, I have my coffee in the morning. Love coffee, and then yeah, good beer in the on the weekends. Um, yeah, with beer, I love I love trying uh, local localized things like craft beers and things yeah. like that. Um, Lots of craft stuff. beer. Yeah, yeah, and there's some really cool uh, companies out here. Part of that too is the labels. Like I, you know, there's some real. Um, yeah, I actually I've produced wine labels for companies before and stuff like that. So oh, I, cool, yeah, yeah, any kind of. You can get me to buy a beer with a with an awesome label on it, especially a cartoon, uh, anything like that. I'll, I'll pick it up and give it a shot. But. So that's what you can do next now from the wine, make beer uh, animated labels. Yeah, so that, I, I mean, that could be something. Yeah. <laughs> We're the idea to get some free samples off it too. Exactly. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But, just give me a case of beer. Done. Sold. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now, uh, no, you've been. It'd be great to talk to. You. Thanks for coming on for the chat. Now, before I let you go, um, do you have a website people can find you on, or on social media? Where where is best to find you to find your work? I'd say, um, yeah. I mean, I have a I have a portfolio site, um, but there's not much to see there. It's at nfakes.com. But yeah. um, 
if you go to Instagram, that's where I've, I've gotten off. I've tried to get off almost every other platform. Just too much garbage. But Instagram's yeah. great. All visual. Um, so I'm on there quite a bit. And I'll be posting previews of um, graphic novels and things mm. like that as well. But if you want, yeah, Break of Day, the um, gags and uh, yeah, awful puns. Um, Nate underscore fakes. At, I guess, sorry, I'm saying it wrong. At Nate underscore fakes for uh, Instagram. That's the yeah. best place. I might be, yeah, sometimes I hop in there and do live stories and things like that. I haven't, I used to more than I do now. I'm going to try to get back more back into that because I like getting on and just chatting with people. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's really it. I do try to post every day. Um, just their algorithm is, I didn't yesterday because sometimes when you post every day, for some reason they cut you back now a little bit. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> they change it. I don't know. I talk with the other cartoonists about it and they, it's like, if you don't do a story and a post and a million things, yeah. on a regular basis, sometimes they, they, um, your stuff won't be seen as much, but I find if you take a break once in a while, like a day or two, then you get back in the, the for some reason they show everyone your content again. So yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, yeah, the algorithm is not is is all encompassing. You don't know what you're going to get from the algorithm for sure. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> Change it on a regular basis. So I just I do what I can, and I for the most part, and I, I every day I post on there. So yeah, definitely stop by, say hi, and. uh I also, yeah, if you, any cartoonist out there, if you have work, I'd love to uh, check it out and see what all, what's all out there. And yeah, yeah, they can, they can share cool. it out. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. Uh, hope, hopefully talk to you soon. I'll, I'll keep in touch on Instagram. And if you want to keep in touch anytime over um, Gmail or whatever, whatever social media, definitely keep in touch. And maybe if I'm ever over in LA one day, we might, I might catch up with you. Yeah, no, totally. Likewise, too. Make, make, it, make it up your way. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy you a donut, yeah? I'll buy you a donut. Oh, if you do that, man, I will. Yeah, that's all you need to do. That's, that's no, a guarantee. I really, really appreciate your time, too. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Been no fun. worries. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was fun to learn about your, 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 your story as an animator. And I'm, good luck with the book as well. And I'll definitely, I'll definitely pick it up when it comes out in October. That's a few months away now, but yeah, I look forward yeah. to that date. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's been, been fun. Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you too. Yeah. Well, virtually, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Nate. All right, Take it easy, man. You too. I'll see you. Bye bye. And that was Nate Fakes. He is an Ill illustrator, animator. He is residing in LA or Los Angeles, California. And he just was talking about his story, how he got into doing what he's doing. And this is part of a little series I'm trying to get into around the world in an Insta. A little pawn, of course. And my name is Shane. This podcast is called Heartlines. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Episode 66. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, remember, if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, comment, whoever listens to a podcast or a podcast where I'm just chatting to, you know, a range of different people from a variety of different professional fields and once again my name is Shane and you're always welcome here in Heartlines take it easy and bye bye